Woof and meow. Welcome to Behind the Tales, a Valley Animal Center podcast where we discuss all things animal related to inform, educate, and impact our community and you, our listener. Today, I have Cat Care Associates Anjanette. Hello. And Lindsay. Hi. They will share with us things you should consider before and after you adopt a cat or kitten. Welcome to the podcast. So in your experience, what do you hear is the most common reason why someone may adopt or is interested in adopting a cat? I mean, usually, like, when people are trying to adopt an animal in general, it's for companionship or, you know, someone to play with. Specifically for cats, I feel like people really want that kind of there but not there kind of pet where they are somewhat independent and maybe not as relying on a person as a dog would be even though we do have cats that will rely on a person it's a lot less hands-on than a dog yeah like i've heard many others say like and even i myself have said that this before that you know well cats just require less attention and so it's easier to care for a cat how true do you think that is i definitely think that that's true um as far as i mean obviously it's still a big commitment and time requirement as adopt as with adopting any animal but um cats are definitely more of a self-sufficient animal i would say like they can um they require a lot less time i feel like than dogs as far as like dogs need like constant walks and attention go to the you know take them to the dog park get them out and about and more more of an active lifestyle I feel like whereas cats um obviously dependent on the cat um can be more of a couch potato (laughs) versus um versus that with a dog going off of that she did mention that dogs do need like the dog park walks a lot more attention regarding getting energy out whereas a cat does tend to sleep a lot more um there's a statistic that they sleep like 20 hours out of the day, which that's true for some cats. I feel like kittens, not so much. They like to do uh, sleep for 30 minutes and play for six hours. Um, <laughs> but it really depends on the age of the animal. So again, like with kittens, you do have that sleeping a little bit, playing for a little bit, just going back and forth between the two. And you do have to keep up with that. Whereas if you adopt a cat that's a few years old and they already have their routine for how they want to sleep, that is definitely a lot less care than even a dog that might be the same age because the dogs still need, depending on their size and breed, a lot more energy output than a cat. So how does a cat exercise then? Because, you know, I know, like, obese cats exist, and we always talk about really, like, chunky cats and so forth, you know? And everybody loves those photos, right? But it is still, like, you still have to take care of the cat and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we make sure that our cats are healthy if they are falling into that um, that category? So, like, a few things with that. I mean, obviously, they have, I'm sure people have seen, like, the videos. They have those, like, cat treadmills or, like, the wheels <laughs> if it's, like, actually a... a it's a, if it's a big problem. Um, but a lot of times people like free feed and stuff and whatnot. And once they come into the territory of being a little bit more on the obese side, it's definitely something we recommend like um, specific feed times or like set amounts, making sure they're on the right kind of diet as far as like weight management, um, different foods um, that are more on the healthier side, probably mm-hmm. cutting back on a little bit of less wet food if that's what they're getting. 
As for exercise, even playing with like a, those cute feathery or string toys you see, getting them to run back and forth or at least walk if they are heavily obese is going to help them get the carbs from the food that they're um, eating out of their system because <laughs> a lot of cats do tend to overeat. And we've all seen the things where it's like our cat coming and yelling at us for food at 3 a.m. <laughs> My cat will do that. And he is on a specific allotted amount of food, but I also have a lot of um, things he can interact with. So he has different scratching trees he can run to. He has a whole like track of things to like run in circles in my bedroom with because he never leaves the room. But a tall cat tree, things like that, just to get them moving more. That's why I recommend like the little wand toys. I don't know what they're called. Like the little fishing pole type yeah. ones. Also, I would say like laser pointers and stuff too. I mm -hmm. mean, a majority of cats, I would say, um, really enjoy those. And you could definitely get a good amount of exercise out in like pointing That's them all over the wall. And, yeah. <laughs> Getting some running in. So if I've been thinking about adopting a cat, what are some things I, as an adopter, should consider or think about before I make that commitment? Just knowing especially that it is a long-term commitment, like obviously depending on the age of the cat, but they can live 15, 20 years, um, a pretty full mm -hmm. life, especially if you're adopting a kitten. Like that's a long-term commitment because you might be ready for a cat right now or so you think but it has to depend on you know you have to think about long term like can mm -hmm. I is this I have to be able to care for this animal for this amount of for its indefinite life so it's a big responsibility and commitment to take on I think going along with that their age groups are really important because if you are taking on a kitten like I had mentioned before, it's a lot more responsibility and making sure you're keeping up with them. A lot of the times they won't know exactly where the litter box is. So you'll have to make sure they can go to that litter box or changing the litter. I had a foster kitten that would eat litter. So he would walk up, take a big bite of it, it would dry in his mouth and he wouldn't like it. So we had to try different litters to see which one was gonna be the best for him to use. So that's something to keep in mind because you do have like adult cats who do have that set in, who have their personality set in, and you don't have to worry about those things, but they're not as tiny and cute and like adorable as a kitten. Um, but then there are things like health issues when it comes to adults and especially seniors. So, you know, here we have cats that are testing positive to have kidney issues and that requires a special diet, extra care, different blood work, regular veterinarian visits, whereas maybe a kitten wouldn't do that unless they were born predisposed with something. So I think those are really big things to take into consideration before you're actually going into adopt. What you can handle time-wise as well as at home time-wise as well. Can you spend 10 minutes a day scooping a box? Can you spend 10 minutes a day training your cat to do tricks? Whatever you do have time for. But then the long term, like Lindsay had mentioned, is also, also something. Also like your lifestyle, I feel like as well too, like mm -hmm. versus like adopting like a kitten or like a senior cat, like, um, and especially a big thing that, you know, we say when adopting kittens, like two is always better than one, just because especially if you're, um, have a more like, one like active lifestyle or you're out of the house a lot because of work or just different things like you always want to make sure your cat's getting like adequate like 
social time, you know, and so with kittens, it definitely would be something to consider, like possibly having a friend for them if you're not going to be home for too long, different things like that. Whereas like a senior cat, sometimes they're, uh, you know, a little bit more on the sleepy side and just can be totally fine being by themselves or um, that kind of thing for like a good amount of the day. Um, just different things like that to consider, like what kind of what is best for your lifestyle as well and what's best for the cat, obviously. Do you imagine that if someone has more of a lifestyle where they're not in the house as often, you know, because they're working or they're like, you know, maybe off on trips a lot, that maybe a more senior cat may be more suited to them rather than like a kitten, per se? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely, just because kittens, I feel like, require, I mean, like anything, like a baby or like a puppy, they definitely require a lot more attention and stuff. I mean, obviously, seniors do as well, um, you know, if they're, having more medical issues and whatnot but for the most part like kittens they need constant like attention care checkups um vaccinations mm -hmm. constantly in those first few months um so there's a lot more that goes into it when they're at that young of an age i would say can you walk us through the adoption process here at valley animal center if you're coming in to adopt a cat here yeah uh so it kind of depends where you start, if you see a cat online, you can definitely put an application in there and we can start that process from there. But if you're just walking in, we'll usually kind of ask you questions on what you're looking for. What I like to start with is, you know, what age group are you looking for in a kitten? Are you looking for an adult? Are you looking for that wise? Then go through personality, what you have in the home. I like to have conversations with adopters just so we can try to match them really well to a family that's going to work for them because not every cat works for every family <laughs> um, and some of our cats are definitely not dog friendly or even really other cat friendly so we just like to make sure that happens and then we do give them time to meet and greet with the cats to see whose personality they feel would work best um, a lot of people do say that you know you don't choose a cat a cat chooses you and I see that as true because we'll have cats that are really unfriendly, but they see people just randomly walk in and they're the friendliest cat in the world with those people. But from there, depending on what the application says, um, we usually ask further questions and then proceed with an adoption as long as we do feel that it would be a good fit for a cat. Like I said, there are kind of restrictions on if they have a large dog and we know that cat's not going to work well. We do try to steer people toward what would work better, but for the most part, it is kind of a really quick process um, as long as they know what the cat is like. Pass that, we process the paperwork, do payment, take a picture, send them on their way. And then it's $90 um, across the board as our adoption fee, and that goes towards covering the cost of them being fixed, microchipped, and their vaccines up to date for their age. Just a big thing to consider if you're interested in adopting a kitten. Um, we keep them as up to date on their vaccines as they can be for their age, but that is the responsibility on the adopter after adopting that typically they need vaccines um, every three weeks up until they're about four months or so. So that's just something to keep in mind because it's something we highly recommend keeping up with with kittens. So this idea of like knowing if a cat is like the one, right? So you have the option of the cat choosing you. Yeah. <laughs> and if that doesn't, how... Maybe in your own personal experience as well, like, how did you all, like, know, like, this is, like, the cat that I want? Um, um, well, I'll start with one of my first cats. 
I was actually, I, I never used to really be a cat person. I owned dogs my whole life growing up, and I never um, just felt, like, the closeness with a cat. Like, I don't know, I guess I was kind of awkward with them at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I ended up at a um, adoption center, and I went in to see one of the rooms, and I saw my cat that I ended up adopting, and he was super shy, kind of like Anjanette said, like not socializing at all with anybody. Like he just wasn't interested in anybody who came in just doing his own thing. And then I was petting him for a while and stuff. And then when I went to leave the room, he like went up to the door as I was closing the door behind me. It was a little glass door. And he put his paw on the door, <laughs> like as I was going to leave. And I just, my heart melted. And like, it was it from there. Like he chose me. And that was... That was it from there. Now I own four cats and I work in a cat <laughs> adoption center. So, <laughs> um, so really, I I highly resonate with the cat chooses you and not the other way around for sure. For me, that's a little bit more difficult. Like Lindsay, I never really bonded with cats growing up. I never had really my own pet until I was a teenager, um, and even then, it was a dog. With that, I kind of learned to love cats because I worked at a cat-specific very large shelter. But with my first cat as well, I took him in as a foster. I didn't really like him at first. He was a lot of trouble. (laughs) He was just constantly sick. But once he hit like six months, he was ready to be adopted and I couldn't let him go. I waited till my parents went out of town and decided, no, we're adopting him. Like we can't not keep him. This is his home. It's more his home than my home at this point. And in all honesty, I don't know what life would be like without him. So we definitely did not choose each other at first. (laughs) Um, He was this big and I just kind of took him because I was the only one who knew how to wrap legs and he had uh, rickets. So his legs were like shaped like that. And From there, we're kind of inseparable. He will cry for me if he doesn't know exactly where I'm at. I will call him. He comes running as fast as he can from anywhere in the house. But yeah, that's kind of how it is with both of my cats, I would say. My second cat, she's still a kitten, but I just fostered her, fell in love with her because she was the weirdest looking kitten. (laughs) And we couldn't let her go. It was a big fight in my house again. But yeah, we we could not let her go. And I was like, there's no way I can let Tuna, like, be in any other house. And now she is the queen of our house. (laughs) I I really like, you know, you say that you call your cat and they come to you, you know. Because I feel like in media and TV especially, Mm -hmm. the image of cat is like you call them and they just ignore you. Mm -hmm. And like that's how all cats are, it seems like. But that doesn't seem to be the case, right? That's so funny, too, because my cat, the one that I was talking about, that I've had for years now. He um, actually, so he's an indoor-outdoor cat. I'll speak a little bit more on that. But um, so he has always come calling as soon as I call him or I could whistle outside my door and I call his name and he comes running like from anywhere in the neighborhood and comes in. Like he's <laughs> he's basically the equivalent of a dog, but <laughs> in cat form. But yeah, so it's definitely not like the public persona that, you know, people always portray cats as like, they could care less about you. Like, he's definitely (laughs) pretty loving and always comes running, (laughs) running back. (laughs) With Willard, it's kind of the same. He is kind of obsessed with me. Like I said, he will cry from my bedroom. He hates leaving my bedroom, whether the door's open or closed. He will cry. 
for me to go back. But I will call him from anywhere in the house and he comes running. I didn't even know he knew his name until I started doing that. Now I think it's just the tone of my voice. But he comes and he's always excited, yelling, running as fast as he can, just because we are that like attached to each other and it's really weird. But he definitely still is that cat. I will be, you know, both of us are in my room. Willard, Willard, and his ears are. Yeah, no, I'm going to keep looking at the birds. But, you know, he knows I'm there and he knows that he's safe. I think that's kind of his problem with wanting me always right there. He does have a lot of separation anxiety. Um, But he kind of does both. He definitely is a, he's a guy that is, he's just an interesting cat (laughs) in general. Always wants to know where everybody's at. So, Lindsay, you mentioned indoor and outdoor cat. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. So, when I got him, I, I was, I've always been, like, up until the point where, you know, he became an indoor-outdoor cat. I was always kind of against the idea of him being outdoors. It scared me. I didn't want him to be, you know, hit by a car or get lost or anything like that. I was definitely really scared of the concept of that. But it got to a point with him, he was always the cat that was sitting in the window, always, like talking to the birds outside, like always right at the door, like wanted to just go run out in the yard and stuff. And so that's definitely something, if that's what you're looking for with a cat, we just highly recommend taking it as slow as you possibly can. Definitely don't try and make that, it has to be, it's not right for every cat, I wanna say. Usually if that's something you're interested in, we recommend really going really slow with it. With my cat, we started off, he would just sit on the porch with me sometimes. We On our back porch, he would kind of go out with me just while I was sitting right there. First, we started on a leash, actually, um, trying it like that. And then eventually it was off leash, but just with me. Then it became the backyard. And then, like, while I'm there still. And then slowly, like, progressed kind of from there. Um, but it's definitely something he had to be comfortable with the neighborhood, comfortable with where we are and it definitely took me a long time to be comfortable with it too because every time you know he wasn't right out in the backyard where I could see him I was always having a heart attack like (laughs) where is this cat what's wrong like what happened and it took us a while to get to a point where like we're both comfortable with it I mean obviously it's as a pet parent you're always (laughs) you're always worried um but it's definitely something that you have to take really slow and no just knowing that it's not right for every animal especially but he's the kind of cat that he's just not happy with a lifestyle fully inside like he goes outside for the day um like he'll he'll run outside he'll come back in in like three hours eat food hang out for a little bit in the ac then he wants to go out exploring again and like comes in and out a thousand times a day so so he definitely gets the best of both worlds but he's my only cat that that's right for Mm because like i know with my other three cats they're uh they're kind of like couch potatoes. As long as we're comfy and have food, they're just fat and happy ones. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just as far as if that's something that you're considering, just know it's not right for every cat um, and to take it as slow as possible. We definitely recommend don't um, try it if they're kittens at least a year old or over and just take the process really slow because the last thing you'd want is for you to st- try try and start this and then your cat's out and gone, you know, 
because um, some cats are those kind of cats that'll just the first the first step they take outside they're gone um, and god forbid I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody so just make sure if that's something you're considering you take it really slow and it just might not be right for your cat also I would recommend if you are coming in to adopt with us a Valley Animal Center or at any shelter asking okay which yes. cats would be better indoor outdoor cats just by us observing the cats during our time cleaning and making sure they're all healthy we can tell which ones would do a little bit better if they're more skittish probably not also we do get some in as owner surrender sometimes that were previously in homes that were indoor outdoor so that's something we typically know and could like assist you with better too definitely okay so you know i've walked into the valley Animal center i've found the cat, the cat has chosen me, and I've adopted the cat and brought it home. Can you give us a timeline of what we can expect or maybe even prepare for on the first day or the first week that, you know, you bring your cat home? In that first day, I would definitely expect hiding. Cats are creatures of habit. They do not like when things change on them. Even if they're the most friendly, confident cat in the shelter, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the most friendly, confident, even up into that first couple weeks. So to have that patience and start them in a smaller room, giving them a place where they can hide to become comfortable, come out on their own. There really is no timeline per se, because it really depends on the cat. And going back to letting them outside, it would be something to make sure that they're comfortable inside first. And going with that kind of thing, you know, they might hiss, they might bat at you. That doesn't mean that they don't like you or they've turned feral or mean or anything like that. It's just nerve-wracking. Moving into a new place for people is nerve-wracking. Um, cats just can't vocalize that. It can definitely be overwhelming for them too. If brought into this new space is already stressful enough as it is and then especially if they're if they're brought into the whole space in general like just set free in the house. That's why we um, especially recommend starting them off in their own room where it's a little bit smaller. They can kind of get used to this space um, as they're more comfortable you know not just overwhelming them with free access to an entire house which can be super overwhelming. Starting them in that room, we usually recommend also in the carrier that you bring them home with from getting adopted, um, just kind of open the door while they are, when you already have them in that room, just kind of open the door to their carrier. Don't pull them out. If they want to stay in there, that's totally fine. Just kind of giving them that space because they may be screaming the whole car ride home, just wanting to get out of that box. But the second you get to this new space, they might be so stressed that that's the only thing that feels comfortable to them. So giving them the option to stay in that, that space, if that's what they're comfortable, comfortable in for that time, then that's totally fine. Just mm -hmm. leave the door open, let them come out on their own. So, we, so when you bring a new cat home then, mm -hmm. like don't necessarily just let them into the living room space, maybe keep them to a bedroom or a spare room you have. Is that what you two are saying? Or? Yeah. Yes, definitely. I like to tell people, make sure he's king of the room before he's king of the castle. Just because once they are comfortable in that room, you can start letting them out. They will still be scared. They'll be hesitant to come out. But the more that you let them explore once they're comfortable in that room is their safe space they will go back and come out as they please. Some cats do kind of claim those rooms as their safe space for the rest of their life. So also giving them access to that area, whether it's um, a lot of the times people use a bathroom, 
um, having their box in there, having their food in there, making sure that they're eating um, within those first few days, especially because they might not use the litter box or eat in the first two or so days. That's just because they won't do that stuff unless they are starting to become comfortable. Mm-hmm. And with that, what I did adjusting my cats is putting as much food as I know, okay, the bowl's halfway full. Does it look like, you know, they've eaten a little bit? Is it moved? Are they looking at it? Is there anything in the litter box? That'll kind of tell you um, how they're feeling um, when it does come to that first few days up to a week. I do know that we have the kind of surveys that go to new adopters every once in a while. I think there's after a day, after a week, after a month, really filling those out, making sure that we know that information as well. That's something that we can always help with. Um, A lot of us have experiences with our own animals as well as answering these questions from years of doing this. So we can always give advice on how to kind of go around that. And also like um, going off of that also, when cats are put in like stressful situations it can weaken their immune systems a bit so it makes them more susceptible to catching things so you want to make sure you're looking out for different things like eye discharge nasal discharge just any any cold symptoms or whatnot um and just giving a call in to us or a clinic as soon as you can because last thing you want is for that your animal to get sick the second they come to the home you know um just from stress and whatnot weakening the immune system always paying attention to their health Mm -hmm. um, especially with that stress is really important because that can you know be a situation that is an emergency whether or not they are healthy isn't what that's dependent on so like she was saying with the lowered immune system it doesn't necessarily mean that they caught something here it could be something that's laying latent in their body for as long as they live, but the stress of moving just brings that out and it kind of turns into an issue. Here we do offer uh, kind of a free exam and discounted medications for four weeks following the adoption, just to make sure we do avoid things like that. Um, And that is on our contract and we do explain that uh, when we are doing the paperwork, that that is something that could happen, but they are healthy at the time of adoption. But just like with us, we stress out, we get sick. So is there anything you as an owner can do to help lower that stress of, you know, your cat being brought into a new home? Or is it more of like the cat just kind of has to get used to it? There are supplements, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that they talk about is feel away. There's like a spray, there are plugins, and it's just like a, I guess, aromatherapy kind of thing. It really helps them remain calm. There are also collars. Mm -hmm. There's... A lot of products that they make to help ease that stress. Um, there's supplements like L-lysine, which is, it kind of helps your immune system keep up. So those are things you can use. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to completely eradicate that possibility, um, but it does help stave that away. How should I, so you know, you mentioned the cat will probably hide for the first day, the first week, maybe even the first month of that room. So what do you do if I'm living with family? How should I introduce my cat to family members I'm living with? So definitely slow introductions we recommend for everything, especially also with other animals in the home. That's definitely something that you want to keep them um, 
not in each other's space right away. Especially, we've unfortunately gotten cats back the same day for like people who, yeah, um, who adopt a cat and then right away they try and introduce them to their dog and they both freak out and it's, you know, the worst. Um, so definitely taking all the introductions pretty slowly is something that we highly recommend because um, even just kind of like, I know you asked about family members and I'm talking about other <laughs> animals, but... Um, <laughs> they count as family members. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So... Um, but, like, as far as, like, other dogs or cats in the home, um, keeping their room separate, like we were talking about, in their separate, like, safe space. Um, but also that way uh, the other animals in the home can kind of, like, they can smell each other through under the door, kind of get used to, as the, you know, new animal in the home is getting used to all the sights, sounds, new smells, new everything. That way they're not pushed right in each other's faces and, you know, just reacting from um you know the circumstances but just kind of taking that really slow and as they start to kind of get more comfortable possibly opening each other up to it but always with dogs always make sure they're you know on a leash harnessed whatnot um you can even put one in um in like a carrier of some sort and kind of get them used to smelling each other like through that if you do more of a face-to-face but still not quite where they can go at it in any way if things went south um but yeah just taking that super slow because it can take a long time for them to get used to Mm. each other that's good to know so like yeah if you bring your cat home and you have pets you already own Mm -hmm. don't just like let the cat like loose in a way right Mm because if things do go south it's not really the fault of any of the parties they're both just like what is the stranger doing here right yeah that's like if a stranger was brought into your house Mm -hmm. randomly like oh my god like what? even <laughs> if you know like even cats who like other cats or like dogs mm-hmm. can still be put in that situation and be like oh my god fight or flight and like those instincts kick in and like mm-hmm. it could go south real quick so just making sure that you take time and have patience with the animals and give them the time to be comfortable and get there um mm-hmm. is super important so is that so if you have your new cat in a separate room is is it just more so leaving the door closed and then eventually maybe keeping it open but with like a gate on the door and stuff like that? Or is that what you mean when you say slow introduction or? Um, so yeah. I was actually mm-hmm. gonna mention that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I have heard works really, really well is like having baby gates mm-hmm. for like very protected face-to-face. Um, of course, cats can jump right over baby gates, but a dog might not necessarily be able to, so they won't have that full, very dog of, I'm going to sniff you and be all up in your face. Um, it'll give the cat that space to kind mm-hmm. of have that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But keeping the door closed for them at least until they're comfortable in that room. Yeah. Um, and you'll know, because they will start like going up to the door as you're opening and closing it. Mm-hmm. That'll kind of be, okay, they're comfortable, they want to explore more. If you do have other pets in the home, having that like gate or even having like supervised kind of time in that room um, would also work. Another thing um, that... I think might help is not putting them necessarily in like a neutral space so like a bedroom nobody's allowed into because then they're both like 
overwhelmed with new experiences and a new place that they're not really familiar with. And on top of that, somebody else they're not familiar with. Going off of um, what you were kind of saying about the baby gate, though, definitely like in my experience. So I have a dog and four cats um, and it's a he's like a medium to large size dog. Um, and so I actually have um, a baby gate. It's a pretty tall one that sections off like my room and my bathroom slash like uh, larger closet that comes off of the bathroom. And so like I have um I have a baby gate across that. I actually have a really cool one with a little cat door in it that pops mm-hmm. out. So the cats can walk in and out. I mean, they could jump over it easily, but they can um, walk through the gate. But so my dog can't get in there because I do think it's important for cats to have a space, especially with like multiple animals in the home. Um, as far as like dogs versus cats, um, I think it's pretty um, important for them to have their own space where, you know, they know that they can be away from my dog if they ever need to. Not that they get along great, (laughs) Um, but just in case they ever don't want a dog right in their face trying to play with them. Um, So I do think that's pretty important too. And so they know that that's their safe space where they can always go if they ever need to be away from the dog. So aside from pets then, how would you go about introducing a new cat to like maybe children you have or maybe partners you're living with or siblings you're living with? Is it the same process or is it more so... I don't know, how is it different or similar? I would say um, with kids, it can be um, pretty pretty similar. So <laughs> I also live with my niece and nephew. or um, And uh, so I would say taking it slower with the kids too. Not only, um, you know, for the cat, but also for the kids as well. Sometimes, especially depending on the age, they might not know how to interact with the cat yet or an animal. Um, kids can be tend to be especially when they're younger be a little bit rough and you wouldn't want you know the kid to run up and accidentally like pull a tail or like you know Mm. touch a cat that they don't in a way that they don't like and then have them someone get attacked or batted or you know anything there are situations like that where they happen so definitely um taking that slow too um for both ends of things so with um, kids um, and kittens. A kitten is a lot more yeah. likely to react to a tail or an ear being pulled or grabbed than an adult cat. Um, mm-hmm. A senior might be a little bit worse just because they could be arthritic, something like that. But with an adult cat, they're not going to react as much. A kitten will turn around and like try to bite. Um, so you will have to find the patience between the child and the kitten since they're both babies to kind of make sure that you teach the kid, okay, maybe we don't do that or kind of pick the kitten that isn't going to react to something like that. Because there are kittens who won't, but it's fairly common with them because they also don't have manners. Um, One thing with that. Um, just family members in general is that I feel like cats do have a little bit more fear and hesitance when it comes to men Um, especially like large men who are tall or wide or very like kind of scary or they're loud when they walk things like that cats do kind of shy away from that kind of thing Um, one thing I like to do with my fosters is kind of force my dad to socialize with them, um, which he's not much of a cat person. 
Um, so it kind of makes him into cats and the cats kind of more comfortable with men. But it might take a little bit longer in that aspect just because I think, you know, women aren't as tall for the most part. I feel like that really kind of you go slow, you make sure that the cat is comfortable, you give them that space to come to you. And doing that, my female cat's favorite person is my dad. And I feel like it's because we kind of made it so they're not uncomfortable with that. Especially with strangers, cats are kind of weird anyway. Yeah, it's definitely important to like reiterate, I feel like, to new people that like let them come to you. Mm-hmm. Don't like, you know... Run up and like start petting them. Exactly. Because Unless they're coming up to you, just don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really easy way to have a cat lash out at you with mm-hmm. nails and or teeth. Um, but I do feel like if it is a person who maybe does walk louder... Um, has a bigger stature to them than, you know, the person that they are comfortable with. Um, I'm five feet two, I think. My dad's almost six feet tall. So there is a giant height difference, and I have noticed that my fosters or even my older cat are kind of fearful, but interested, but fearful. So letting my cat go up to my dad rather than, here you go, here's a cat, Mm -hmm. Um, kind of helps that comfort build rather than throwing them into something. So it seems like just a lot of patience, a lot of slow introductions. Yeah. Um, again, like letting the cat come to you, not forcing them into anyone's arms yeah. um, and so forth. Right. So when you bring a new cat home, you know, we kind of talked about things you should pay attention to, like the food, if they're eating, right? you know, their litter, um, discharge on the eyes and the nose. Are there anything that should signal alarm bells that, okay, like, this is not normal behavior and I need to get my cat immediate care? I would say you're a weekend. They still haven't eaten. They haven't gone to the bathroom. Um, That's immediate care. If you notice um, they're losing weight drastically, immediate care. It really depends when it comes to attitude because a lot of cats, when they are scared, will just kind of curl up in a bed or under something to sleep because they're just fearful. Um, So that's not necessarily something that is, okay, we need to go emergency now. Um, But even things like vomit, if you notice something, maybe um, they have an eating or drinking, but they are vomiting, that's something really important that you should like definitely get to a veterinarian for. Um, I can't think of anything really that comes to specifically an adoption that would be like a straight up emergency. Um, But things like that, like when you are paying attention to their food intake and there's none of that, but there is vomit, Um, especially depending on what that looks like. Some cats will like vomit blood if they're stressed and it's not necessarily like there's any harm in there, but it happens or they vomit so much that they start bleeding, um, just from the irritation, things like that. I would definitely recommend like going straight to a veterinarian with, but unless there's serious illness, um, I don't really think there's much like immediate attention kind of things but definitely just like reaching out if you are if there's is anything that you're worried about it doesn't hurt to call and just 
give your clinic a call or if you're adopting from us or if you just need to call. We're always happy to help. So, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so even, even if it's something that's little or a behavioral thing, like we're happy to help. Even if we don't know the answer, we most likely know someone here who does um, that can help walk you through anything you might have questions with. And with the surveys too, it does have questions like, oh, have they eaten? Have they vomited? Are they using the litter box? And you can put like, if you're super concerned or not that concerned about it, and we do reach out to those people as soon as we see those surveys. Um, either our manager or supervisor will let us know and we get in contact as soon as we can um, to try to make sure everything is in line and that we are all on the same page when it comes to certain things. So if they aren't eating or if they notice they're sick, just so we can have that information and try to get them in with our clinic if we need to, or kind of figure that out. Are there any last words either of you want to say about adopting a cat or kitten, or multiple cats and kittens? <laughs> like, take them all, but don't. Um, <laughs> we, we are both people who, I guess, didn't grow up with cats, really, and fell in love with them, and I think I could speak mostly for myself that they're my preferred animal. You will always find a cat that you can have as a companion and even if there are things that are worrisome in the home, you can always reach out to us. Um, even if you're having a hard time adjust, having your cat adjusting to your home, we can always try to recommend something. So we want to keep the cats in the home as long as possible. So please do your research and yeah. Going off of that, I think definitely something that's important is when, if you are looking for that perfect cat for you, um, just really take the time and like spend as much time with you can with the cat as you can. Because um, as much as we love to, for cats to get adopted, we want it to be a good fit for everyone, for the family, for the cat. Um, and finding that cat that's right for you and your family is super important. So we just really want you to spend as much time with you can making the right decision and always consider <laughs> seniors and whatnot. We love all any animal getting adopted, but sometimes we watch the seniors stay here for quite a bit and they're great cats. Um, so definitely if that's something that you think you'd be able or willing to do, um, adopt a senior. They're the best. <laughs> Not to be biased, but <laughs> senior room is the best room. She's biased. She's I love all the seniors. So One of the seniors like only gets cats. along with her. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for today's podcast. Hopefully you have learned more about the preparations to consider before and after you've adopted a cat or a kitten. I am your host, New, and thank you for tuning into Behind the Tales, the Valley Animal Center podcast where we share all things animal-related, one paw at a time. Watch for future episodes of the podcast coming soon. In the meantime, you can follow us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you have suggestions on topics you'd love to hear talked about in the podcast, send your suggestions to new at valleyanimal.org. That's N-O-U at valleyanimal.org. And we're out. <laughs> Cat side on three. <laughs> <laughs>